this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 77, the 24th part of the 100-mile history. In this episode, I will tell the amazing story of Alan Price from Washington, D.C., who was perhaps the greatest American 100-mile walker ever. Yes, walking 100 miles in less than 19 hours. Wow! This is a big week for me. After a 40-year career in information technology, I'm retiring. Yes, more time to run, research, write, and podcast. Wow, that's cool, man. But I also need more help figuring out how to cover the costs of putting together this podcast. If you can, I would welcome some help with a donation. Any amount is appreciated. Please visit ultrarunninghistory.com slash donate. That's ultrarunninghistory.com slash donate. Thanks. Will do. Now to the story. Episode 75 introduced the Fort Meade 100 held in Maryland from 1978 to 1989. Lost in the Fort Meade history of the late 1970s was the fact that it also attracted Centurion racewalkers who attempted to walk 100 miles in less than 24 hours. It was reported, Some participants were walkers engaging in an odd-looking sport of walking heel-to-toe as fast as possible. It's a small sport. There's a lot of camaraderie in it, with only about 600 people participating nationwide. Alan Price, an African-American racewalker, was a fixture at Fort Meade 100 each year. He was an incredible athlete who became perhaps the greatest American ultra-distance racewalker ever. Price was truly an ultra-running legend. Also covered in this episode, is a division of the ultra-running sport that most Americans have never heard about before. It is the Long Distance Walkers Association, LDWA, in England that started holding 100-mile walking events during the 1970s that attracted the general public and some 100-mile runners. Alan Price was an African-American walker from Washington, D.C. He took up the ultra-running sport in 1974 and explained, I had been running the 880-yard run for a club called the Travelers. The problem was I never seemed to finish better than last. There was this one meet where I finished my usual last. Then I heard the announcer make a call for a two-mile race walk. I looked around and saw that only one person had responded. Since there were three trophies to be given out at the event, I decided to give it a try. I accidentally took third place. It took Price some time to get the walking technique down. He said, There can be a thin line between walking and running. It all depends on how the judges view it. When I started out, I was guilty of things like not having both feet on the ground at all times. That made me more careful than anything else. It's no fun to go out for five or six miles and then have somebody disqualify you. As a black American, Price was a pioneer in the sport. 
he became a member of the Potomac Valley Seniors Track Club and said he felt funny practicing his walking in daylight in Washington, D.C., so he would train in the darkness of night at the track at Benedicker Junior High School. He said, People who don't do this think it's easy. That's because they haven't tried it yet. Just as today, the ultra-walking sport back in the late 1970s wasn't well understood by the public, Price was the object of taunts and laughter. <laughs> People saw the switching of the behind and arms flailing and they seemed to get a big kick out of it. But after seeing it for a while, they began to realize that there must be some difficulty in it. People who saw me train in Malcolm X Park over the years respected what I was doing. In 1976, he went to a meet at Niagara Falls, New York, where the top race walkers in America were trying out for the Olympics. The top three finishers qualified, and he was only one minute behind. I was surprised, and it was at that point that I knew I could hang with the big boys. Episode 63 introduced Centurions, a brotherhood of walkers who reached 100 miles in a judging race walking event. Larry O'Neill, a lumberjack from Kalispell, Montana, was America's 100-mile walking pioneer who dominated events during the early days, setting in 1967 the American outdoor record of 19 hours 24 minutes. The world record was held by Hugh Nielsen of Great Britain with a time of 17 hours 18 minutes, set in 1960 at Walton-on-Thames, England. Most of the American 100-mile judged walking events were held on a track in Columbia, Missouri on Hickman Track. Price explained how he decided to compete in the 1978 Columbia National Championship race. I heard about the race in Columbia in an ad in Runner's World, along with a feature on one of the guys who won a lot. They had finished times in there, and I said, I can do this. So I told everyone in D.C. I was going to Columbia to set a record. I had a hard time getting the money for the trip, but I always knew I would go. I was kind of the dark horse, figuratively and literally. The weather for the historic 1978 race was perfect. 37 walkers competed, including the defending champion, Paul Hendricks, a high school teacher from Chula Vista, California. Hendricks was confident that he could defend his title with his experience and technique. He said, If you race walk in a competition against top class race walkers, you will hurt more than in a running competition. Price, the surprising newcomer, led the race from the beginning and pushed hard when others tried to catch up. He reached 50 miles in 8 hours 56 minutes, and during the night as he approached mile 70, the temperature dropped to about 35 degrees. He was not dressed properly and developed minor hyperthermia. He started to walk all over the track with only a 10-minute lead and stopped a couple of times on the dark side of the track. Hendricks caught up to him at mile 75 and built up a 3-minute lead. Price remembered, I kept telling myself that I wanted that world record. That's what kept me going. I never forgot the feeling I had when the warm sun came up the following morning. It was like new life was being injected into my body. Price recovered and put on a chase, taking the lead at mile 82. Hendricks succumbed to the effects of his hard effort to take the lead. This time, he had no response. 
and Price continued to pull away the last 15 miles to a very hard-fought and well-earned victory. Price crossed the finish line first and broke O'Neill's American record with a mind-blowing walking time of 18 hours 57 minutes. Hendricks finished 13 minutes later. Eight other walkers reached 100 miles in under 24 hours. The veteran walker O'Neill, age 71, reached 94 miles. A year later, in 1979, again at Columbia, Price reached 100 miles in 19 hours 52 minutes and decided to continue on setting a new American 24-hour walking record of 118 miles. By 1980, Price was the 10th fastest race walker for the shorter 50-kilometer distance in the United States. He credited his training regimen for his endurance and stamina. In the winter, it's too cold to walk, so I train by running distances up to 100 miles weekly. On the other hand, it's too hot to run in the summer, so I walk the same distance. That's how I get balance out of my training. In 1981 at Columbia, it was observed, Alan Price left no doubt about being the master of the 100-mile walk when he opened a wide gap on the very first lap, walked some 20 miles at 10-minute mile pace, and then coasted in from there to 20 hours, 21 minutes. Sadly, the walking legend, 100-mile race walking pioneer Larry O'Neill died that year from ALS at age 73. In 1982, Price was invited to race against multi-day legend Don Choi in an exhibition 100-mile walking match. The race promoters figured walking a 100-miler would be a piece of cake for Choi. Price blew him away in 19 hours, 35 minutes. Price said, Well, he finished it, but he was hurting pretty bad. I asked him which he thought was harder, a six-day run or a 100-mile walk. He replied, no doubt about it, it's a 100-miler. Price liked having one of the best runners in the sport invading his turf and come away shaking his head. In 1984, at the age of 37, Price lowered the American 100-mile outdoor record with a time of 18 hours 46 minutes at the Columbia 100. 23 walkers started the race. That year, it was the TAC National 100-Mile Walking Championship. For the first time that year, pacers were banned from the track. The cool weather was an important contributor to Price's success, with a high in the 60s and a low of 32. The ultra-race walking community agreed that Price was the best 100-miler in this country by a wide margin. It was reported, Price was only 5 feet 7 inches tall, weighed 138 pounds at the start of his record-setting performance. He weighed 127 pounds at the finish. During the race, he consumed a quarter of a large watermelon, a half gallon of apple juice, and a pint of water. There were no fat endorsement contracts from shoe companies and clothing manufacturers for race walkers. Consequently, he had to cut corners wherever possible to save money. He set his American record wearing a $2 pair of discounted footlocker shoes he picked up out of a pile on a clearance sale table. Such is the humble life of a race walker in the United States, even a champion. Price was a fixture walking at the Fort Meade 100 in Maryland, competing in either the 50-miler or the 100-miler for 10 years or more. 
His best finish at Fort Meade was in 1979 with 21 hours 9 minutes in 90 degree heat. At the 1983 Fort Meade 100, he was hindered by wearing a cast on his left arm from fingertips to elbow, but still finished in 23 hours 9 minutes. He had at least 7 Fort Meade 100 finishes, only second to Ray Krolowitz, who commented, Alan Price used to come out every year and race walk like a beast. Alan had beautiful form, never stopped. When I developed my survival shuffle, it basically was modeled after Alan Price. A spectator who once jumped in the track to walk a few laps remembered, the roadway was quite wide, so I could walk without interfering with the competitors. But after a lap or two, I caught up to Alan, and he decided that I was not going to beat him. I wasn't racing, but suddenly he was. I tried to increase the pace, but so did he. So not wanting to ruin his race, I backed off, let him go. He was a fierce competitor, and no one was going to walk onto his course and go faster than him. In 1988, at the age of 41, he competed at Billings, Montana, where he was featured in the newspaper there. He explained how mental toughness is involved in ultra running. When I first step on the track, I have to make up my mind that this is where I am going to be for the next 24 hours through snow or rain or whatever. Otherwise, the little things get in your mind. It becomes a mental game. At the 50-mile point, people realize they have 50 miles still to go and they have this problem or that problem, the intensity of the pain could even get worse. You've got to make up your mind on just how much more pain and agony you can put yourself through. During his distinguished walking career, Price won a total of 10 national titles in 100 kilometers and 100 miles. In 1980, he was selected for the Olympic race walking team, but sadly, the U.S. boycotted the Moscow Games that year. He finished at least 30 100 milers, and his last known sub-24 hour 100 occurred in 1995. He continued competing at shorter race walking competitions through at least 1999. Sadly, Alan Price passed away in 2015 at the age of 68. He may have been unheralded outside our sport, but his place amongst the greatest long-distance walking exponents is guaranteed. His string of 24 Centurion qualifiers in 17 years and his American records put him head and shoulders above those of us who dabble around the edges of the most demanding sport. He was remembered as a fierce competitor with a contagious smile. One fellow walker wrote, he clearly was by far the best American long-distance walker ever. I can still see him sleepwalking and then waking up and accelerating by me, leaving me in the cinders. But even more than that was a warm, wonderful spirit. He touched many people. On the news of his death, one runner, Kathy Good of Woodbridge, Virginia, wrote a memorial. Alan, you were very encouraging to this little girl wanting to run in men's races. Through the years, you were so positive to everyone, walkers and runners alike. At a 50 miler on the track, when I started going slowly, you got me through it. I just tucked in behind you and let you drag me along. Would you like to take a walk? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's gonna rain? Mm -hmm. 
1972, a British association was founded, the Long Distance Walkers Association, or LDWA, with 355 members growing to 7,000. They defined a long-distance walk as any walk of 20 miles or more. Local groups were created, a journal called Strider published, and group walking events were created, also referred to as social events. Formal challenge events were established that were up to 100 miles. These events were marshaled with checkpoints to ensure walkers were following the correct route. Walkers registered for these events, finish times were published, but winners were not emphasized or awarded. Starting in 1973, annual LDWA 100 events were hosted each year at different locations. These challenging off-road walks were hikes that did not have to be walked according to race walker rules. Participants who wanted to run started about six hours after the walkers. There was a 48-hour finishing cutoff time to reach 100 miles. Every year, the success of the 100 rests on the hard work of many, many people from across the LDWA family. As well as thanking all my Dorset colleagues, I'd like to thank on your behalf those from so many LDWA groups that make this event possible. So thank you to everybody. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And enjoy yourself. Have a great walk, everybody. Well done. Fantastic. The first LDWA 100 in 1973 was the Downsman 100 held starting in Winchester, England on the Springbank holiday and was a great success. The two main factors that contributed to its success were the way in which the checkpoint officials rose to the occasion and the fine weather during and before the event. For a large number of walkers, anything over the 50-mile mark was unknown territory, as was the actual walking surface. For so many people to complete the test was a mass achievement rarely seen. 123 walkers or runners started and 66 finished. Only eight of the participants had finished a 100-miler before. The first finisher was David Rosen from Stanmore, England, with a 100-mile time of 22 hours, 20 minutes. The average age of the finisher was 38 years old. By 1978, the LDWA 100-mile events were well-established. On May 27, 1978, the LDWA 100-miler was from Scarsborough to Malton, England. It was called the Cleveland 100 and was still held on the traditional Springbank holiday. The route had been used before in 1976, and the 1978 event was recognized as being the toughest LDWA 100 up to that point not only because the course was tough, but also because of the weather. Fewer walkers showed up than usual, but there were still 212 starters, including 26 runners. To put on the event required well over 100 volunteers and the cooperations from various agencies. There were 16 checkpoints along the way, including one major rest stop at mile 64, Fangdale Beck. 
times were meticulously recorded for each participant. Many walkers, in over their heads, did retire along the way. There were several difficult sections. The official found the stage from Gribdale up Drove Road and possibly out Barnsdale was the toughest, yet there were few retirements at these. At the major rest stop at Fangsdale Beck, mile 64, walkers were not allowed to stay there for more than two hours, and all who arrived met that cutoff. The first finishers were Roger Baumeister and Brian Harney, who came in at 21 hours 16 minutes. The first walker, in 11th overall, was Martin Greaves, in 31 hours 32 minutes. In all, 111 runners walkers reached 100 miles, the last arriving at 47 hours 14 minutes. One walker, Peter Parker, wrote a letter of thanks to the LDWA staff that included, The pains have left my feet and I'm writing to you to tell you how very much I enjoyed the year's Cleveland 100. As I climbed up Baysdale, I was aware of a feeling of supreme happiness. I cannot ever recall such blessedness as in the superb dawn in that beautiful place. For me, Cleveland 100 1978 will have the fondest memories in my life, and I want to thank you and your team for making them possible. The LDWA 100 has continued annually to the present day, with up to 500 participants each year and an average finish rate of 70%. Only two years were cancelled, 2001, because of foot and mouth disease in the countryside, and in 2020 because of COVID-19. Stay tuned for more 100 Mile History. With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances. <laughs>